Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 127th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, uh, who are stubbornly refusing to do what's right, which is lose some games and get the hell out of their own way. But uh, but that's all right. If it means it comes, those wins come at the expense of the Rays, uh, slim playoff hopes for that i'm thankful uh, joining me to talk about all of these delightful mid-august topics and and to talk about so much more he joins me as always uh, old reliable old reliable mr andrew stoughton stoughton how are you i'm doing okay i'm ready for my uh, my, my big pivot to video oh well, when are we going to pivot to right? video we got to do that that's that's the wave of the future obviously i think we could do that why not we got it in us just right? all, just all videos all the time. Why? I don't, I don't need to write this shit. I can just fucking say it. Because I'm all, I'm, I'm just as articulate speaking as I am writing, which is not very in either case. Who isn't? Yeah. You know, who isn't uh, more articulate when they're speaking, uh, extemporaneously? See, if I could have looked that word up so I can pronounce it properly, but instead I'm just going to run through, just blow on through, mm. just pretend like I didn't try and fail to pronounce a $5 word. Which in print, I can do that and make myself seem smart. Mm-hmm. Er, smart. Not One as, of the two. Not as smart as a, a, a media executive shifting to video, making that big pivot. Not that smart, though. Well, they all got to keep the... You know they got to they got to keep the sponsors happy, and we have to keep our sponsors happy by uh, by saying thank you to everyone who who uh, supports our Patreon powered pod, podcast. Much like all Patreon all podcasts apparently are now Patreon sponsored, but here we are. Uh, we've been in it for 127 episodes, and so have you. And for that, we are eternally grateful. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's partaken uh, and and sponsored us. If it's for the long haul, for one month, for two months, for six months, whatever it's been, thank you everyone. And if you want to join them, if you like what you hear, and you want to uh, support the content that you value. Uh, that means a lot to us. You can head over to patreon.com slash birds all day and uh, shoot us a couple bucks a month. Keep us living in the style to which we have grown accustomed. Uh, you can also, of course, go to iTunes and uh, sign up birds all day. It's all there. Rate and review. Do all those good stuff. Everyone who's rated and review us has been uh, terrific and honest uh, or not honest and that the reviews are very nice. So, <laughs> thumbs up. That is, that is uh, Every so often, I, every so often I, I learn that there are people who are not Blue Jays fans that listen to this uh, this show and to me... That's baffling, but delightful. Oh, God, well, thank you yeah. to to the people uh, like Matt Matt Corey, uh, Matt Corey, who uh, writes about the Red Sox uh, for BP Boston, and uh, and of course Rob Irkin, who is a uh, a very uh, a repeat foil here on uh, on Birds All Day. We should have uh, Robbie Irkin on. He's a fine podcaster indeed. Uh, a busy busy man there in uh, beautiful Montclair, New Jersey. But that's not why people tune into here. They they want the the good stuff here in the middle of August of a season with a team that's floundering to get up over or they're not over five hundred. God, but uh, that is on the outside looking in the playoff picture, but still still on the outside, still looking in. Oh, the team right, that's, the teams between them and that second wild card spot that that incredible opportunity to go play a road game, one game playoff to get into an actual playoff series. Uh, those teams are all bad. I do like that. I mean, if you ever, you know, yeah, you got to leap a lot of teams. But if there were ever a, a group of teams to have to leap, uh, the Angels and Twins and Rays and Rangers and Orioles and whoever the fuck else, uh, you could do a lot worse than that. 
See, in that, you were wrong. Huh. The, the Blue Jays team is, in fact, very good. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, Grant uh, Brisby of uh, SB Nation wrote a cool, an interesting thing about how interesting, you know, kind of ranking the the AL wildcard teams in terms of how their likelihood to you know go all the way through and then upset the Dodgers was his point. I was a Giants fan; that's sort of the angle he's going to filter it through. And uh, he listed the Jays. You know, when if you've got Stroman, you got Sanchez, you got Hap, you got whomever else that comes after. Uh, uh, you're in pretty good shape, especially as you, when you get into the playoffs. Now, of course, the Jays' uh, offense isn't what it should be because many of the players are older or dying or are dead already. But uh, you, you stack them up against all the other teams, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The Jays have as good a shot as anybody. Yankees or Mariners or, or Rays or, God, the Orioles. The Orioles pitching staff is so obscenely bad. It is a, a wonder <laughs> that they haven't like had to disband the team, let alone throw them out of the playoff race but so yeah the Jays the Jays have I think you could definitely say the Jays have a puncher's chance um, at this point but if you have a soul and it your soul is evil and you wish for maximum chaos it is very important that the Angels become the wild card team so that they then will then defeat a much much better team in either the Red Sox or Cleveland or Houston and then they'll defeat the other team that comes out of that. And then for maximum troll job, the shitty Angels, who will probably win 83 games, go all the way to the World Series to beat the Dodgers and set Southern California ablaze forever. I want nothing more in the entire world than to see that incredibly unlikely scenario play out. To see Mike Trout drag the carcass of Albert Pujols and the rest of that team, Mike Trout and Andrelton Simmons, and that's it. To the World Series, nothing would make me happier in the baseball world. I may be alone on that. You might but, be, <laughs> but it would be incredible. It would be incredible to see. If Dodgers fans weren't, I don't know, weirdly disaffected, they would be really upset by that. But well, they can't even watch their own fucking team's games, so it's, it's true. Easy they can't be disaffected. Yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, you're right. Those teams are bad, and you're right. The Jays are there, but you're also right. That the Jays are four games under 500. And they have uh, Ryan Goins probably going to play almost every day for the rest of the year. And if it's not him, it's a player who's significantly worse than him waiting in the wings, which seems improbable that there can be that many worse players than Ryan Goins, who, despite having like this weird Alcides Escobar magic that he can turn on with runners in scoring position, doesn't undo the badness. Right? It does not. No, absolutely not. Um,. But I mean, hey, I don't know. I, Josh Donaldson though can drag a lot of carcasses when he's playing the way that he's playing lately. Since he got rid of that uh, the the flap on the helmet, or you know got healthier, whichever whichever you choose to believe, uh, whichever narrative you like. Uh, I think Mark Shapiro was on with Jeff Blair uh, last week that I a piece I wrote about you know about all his comments where he was not didn't specify but was pretty much talking about Donaldson not really having been entirely healthy kind of the whole mm-hmm. way along, I think, was the implication, which I think everybody kind of believes and uh, is why he maybe got a bit of a free ride for a long time because I think the guys, you know, writing about the team who are close to the, the team who are there every day, you know, the Steve Bufferies, I guess he's there every day, I've heard. Um, He'll be the first to tell you that. <laughs> he sure will. Uh, that, that uh, you know, I think they probably saw... That that was what's going on, right? I mean, uh, and now he looks great, and uh, you could do a whole lot when you have a player like that in your lineup. 
Uh, what I don't know if you checked recently. What if you had to guess based on that long swoon that he had mm-hmm. and some other struggles? What would you guess that Josh Donaldson's um, current season weighted runs created plus is? Of course, for the uninitiated, one hundred would be league average. Uh, Josh Donaldson is about a one fifty. I mean, which is again very, 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 very good. Uh, you could say I think that's about what he p- would have put up in his MVP year was about a 155 a little, a little I think. higher yeah yeah he was he was 155 four in his in his MVP year then he was 155 last year um what would you guess his current way to runs created plus is if, unless you've checked recently. I I haven't the last time I checked it was like 117 and I think there have been several home runs since then so I'm going to guess mm-hmm. that it's in the mid 120s it is right now 143 holy shit really <laughs> which is like ridiculously good <laughs> yeah. he's 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 had three wins in 77 games. So we're looking at Josh Donaldson down year being six win year. Eh, six wins in a down year with two like prolonged slumps. Uh, because as it turns out, he's very, very good. Yeah. Uh, and yes, he, he is he is the doing the, the Trout Jr. version of like dragging the rest of the Blue Jays along. He, uh, I, I made a note here, this thing I thought of the other day, and it's like, I'm really, I'm so glad for, for a number of reasons that Josh Donaldson has has resumed being Josh Donaldson, hitting home runs, driving the ball with authority all over the park, you know, showing that incredible batting eye, playing the field nicely. But mostly I'm back that he's being that he's back to being great again, so that we can go back to underappreciating. <laughs> it's just sort of like a like a like a standard, like a, a solid rock that we know is always going to be there. He is our anchor anchor that keeps us uh, moored in place. Without him, we'd be we are adrift at, in the sea. And now that he's back, uh, we can just go back to overlooking him and like critiquing the value and the and the, the the manner in which that Russ Martin is producing his uh, numbers which apparently are according to some not good at all but according to the actual numbers themselves are fine yeah that's right there was you mentioned Blair and we'll oh, get yeah. to him oh, why okay. not we could talk about snappy the turtle sure um, he kind of suggested that there are grumblings within the Jays that they need a caddy for him they need someone who can hit because apparently Russell Martin can't hit anymore yeah I think he said like a guy who can like straight up start three days a week who because Martin is having the worst offensive season of his career which yeah like literally better than last year literally do you remember him with like the Dodgers at the end of that run and the Yankees and he he had some bad years in his career with at the plate at least uh he's fine you really have to squint to say that it's the worst year of his career I don't even think I mean, squinting gets it done. I think. I mean, I think it's just flat out not the worst year of his career, at all. Well, he has uh, more home runs than he had in his last year with the Pirates, but of course, he has a lower batting average. Mm-hmm. His slugging is a career low. No, not even a career low. He's had many years with a lower <laughs> slugging percentage. Yeah, yeah, and lower on base three too. full years with lower slugging percentage. It's it's a lot. It's very much like his first season with Pittsburgh, where he had he drew a lot of walks and didn't hit for quite as much power, but still is an above average hitter with above average defense at the most the the position with the lowest replacement level, mm-hmm. which makes him a very important and valuable player. He's going to be like a two and a half win player. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of what Blair was saying was probably about you know his propensity to get hurt, and you know he played 139 games or something like 137 games last year. Like he played a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, I think he's stuck on 81, so you know, a couple, you know, what, 40-odd games left. Uh, so he's not going to get to that level, obviously, especially being on the DL as he is. 
mm-hmm. and yeah, he's he's an injured player. People get really weird about the injured thing, and you know, I get it. It's it's less you you can't rely on somebody quite as much as uh, you know if he has this injury history. You know, your Devin Travis's, your Troy Tulowitzki's, but I mean, you, you have to make compromises in all sorts of different ways when you're constructing a roster, and one of them is that, you know what, maybe we're just going to have to rely on Russell Martin and not blow our brains out trying to bring in a second catcher because, you know, they're, you know a lot of teams would like to have one catcher who isn't trash. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I hope that that's not true, that people are like, yeah, Martin's a problem here. Especially you've got uh, young Danny Jansen uh, lighting it up in double A. Uh, who obviously I don't think is going to come in as a as a backup, but maybe he's a guy who 2019 gets to share some time with Martin in his last season. You know that seems like mm. a. Uh, I mean that's that's kind of go, getting ahead of ourselves in terms of what Jansen's going to be able to do as a hitter. You know he's had this great year and I think he was he's been all right up the you know up the chain, but this is a real breakout for him this year. Uh, I don't know what he's obviously going to be as a hitter, and maybe it's it's one of those things mm. where that goes away or doesn't develop as in such a straight line as you maybe hope. But uh, that's a guy mm-hmm. I think Blue Jays fans can can look to as being that caddy. So that makes it even sort of odd, more odd that uh, that Blair would be like, oh, yeah, they got to go out and find themselves a what? Like a guy who should be a starter but somehow takes their money to not be a starter? Like I don't even understand. Uh, if, if you had your DH position open, maybe, you know, there's a Brian McCann out there somewhere or somebody mm-hmm. who fits that bill. But your DH position is a bit of a problem because it's locked in for a couple more years with a guy who's not been real great. No, it's true. And and uh, I I think the Brian McCann example is a good one. Houston has a really has a very decent um catching combo, but you know, they didn't they didn't get Brian McCann for nothing. The Yankees had to pay him to go away essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, like that makes it a lot easier to bring in a very you know a, a, the kind of guy who can um, hit like that and also kind of be decent defensively. But it's 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 it's, it's a little greedy, frankly, to be like, okay, we, we have like a top ten catcher in baseball. He's paid really well, um, and he's getting a little bit older, so we should have, you know. Because there is no, there's no middle to, there's no top twenty, right? There's like a top ten or fifteen, yeah. and then the, the rest are just guys, right? Yeah. It's just a bunch of guys in a pile. And sometimes you sign a guy and he turns into, you know, Wellington Castillo. And other times you sign or or you have a, a guy who's a kid, and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, with the, like a Wilson Contreras, somebody who can really swing it, or Gary Gary Sanchez, whatever. I mean, you know, the Yankees have a have a player who's. I, it's, it's difficult to say that that Gary Sanchez is maybe not better than Russell Barton at mo- some aspects of the game right now. But the same thing, their backup catching situation is terrible. Everybody's is. Right? Yeah, everybody's is. You point to he points. To, I think Blair pointed to Cleveland, and he looks at you know they've got uh, that goon that throws the ball to first base after the third <laughs> after the third strikeout, and the, and they've got Yon Gomes. It's like well, Yon Gomes has been like pretty bad for a number of years in a row here. He is a very much, very much a worse player than Russell Martin in every conceivable way. Maybe, maybe his uh, his uh, framing numbers are a little bit up this year, but uh, no, nobody has a good backup catcher. Sometimes you get lucky. You know, you're the Angels and you target you get bring in Martin Maldonado, who was kind of a backup before, and now you give him a starting job and it's worked out pretty well. Or Tyler Flowers has been like a great acquisition for the Braves, but like unless you're going to do that, which is you're, you're not going out and being like we're going to solidify this position by signing a 
legit starter. It's like we're going to buy a lottery ticket, or we're going to buy a guy who has something we value, like yeah. Flowers is framing on the Braves or something. But the Jays, you know, again, the Jays have one of the top defensive catchers in baseball. I, I, I I'm not. I'm. It's going to be difficult to move me off of that point until until it is abundantly clear that he's not that anymore. Um, the I, numbers I don't suggest fair. it, and the eye test doesn't suggest it either. Yeah, no, it's uh, the lottery ticket thing is exactly right. I mean, all they need if they had if they've got like replacement level catching out of uh, out of their backups, uh, this wouldn't mm-hmm. be an issue, right? I mean, it's the only reason the backup situation looks so bad and continues to be a thing is because Josh Toley was here forever and nobody really appreciated that skill set or or what it meant for R. A. Dickey to have somebody who wasn't J.P. and Sibby like flailing at those knuckleballs. Uh, and mm-hmm. totally was bad, but backup catchers are bad, and he was even bad for one of those. But that, I mean, that, that's that people really liked uh, Deonor Navarro, right? And uh, and he's terrible. <laughs> he was, you know, mm-hmm. he, he hit a little bit. He had that one year where uh, where he had some clutch hits, and and the, the bat looked okay. But it, but he is bad in all sorts of other ways uh, that I think people maybe don't appreciate, and and it just it doesn't. It, it sure it doesn't look good to have Miley and. Saltalamachia and Montero and all these guys who have mm-hmm. been dog shit run out there as much as they have. Mike Ullman, who's now DFA and and you know all down the list. I think there's another one there as well. Uh, Rafi Lopez and and it's like, uh, I, I, but that's that's what it is. That's what the position is. You're you're mm-hmm. not gonna find you're gonna find guys like that, and you're just gonna hope that the ones that you find uh, have a nice little season in them. That's kind of what happened with Navarro. That's why people thought. He was so good. That's why people would still, you know, up until this year, be like, "Why don't they bring that guy back?" It's like, "Cause he fucking sucks. Cause they all suck." But he, you know, he had a little mirage with his bat, which was so great. Uh, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that he's going to be any, you know, that good going forward. And he keeps getting worse in terms of you know, his defensive responsibilities because they're all extremely flawed. Because it's really fucking hard to be a top ten, top fifteen catcher. That's a, a really, really demanding I mean... position. Yeah. Jason Castro was a guy whose name was bandied about a lot. Uh, I think Alex Anthopoulos had it out, had a uh, had a real love on for him for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was connected to the Jays pretty often, and then he uh, he's bad, right? For the most part, he's yeah. like a you know he's he's like a eighty eight or ninety weighted runs created plus. He's never been like a that great. He he has a, doesn't have a lot of power. Draw you know a little bit of OBP, whatever. Uh, he makes eight million dollars a year. <laughs> right? Are, are like are like the Jays in that position to just throw eight million dollars just so they can have a below average backup catcher to play two or three days a week? Like, I don't think that they are. I don't think any team's in that position unless you know you're the you're the Twins and now you've got that money locked up with him and then you've got Kurt Suzuki. So you've got instead of having like a one starter, you have two decent backups that you can just kind of throw out there and play matchups with, which is fine. But the Jays don't have that because they don't need it. Uh, I mean, I look at Juan Gratterall, right? He's actually getting quite a bit of playing time with the Angels of late, yeah, it feels yeah. like. Uh, and he's vitamin fucking G. awful. <laughs> he's vitamin terrible. G, again, was in camp with the Jays. They let him go. He's got a 46 weighted run created plus. He, I mean, he's only been to the plate 68 times, but he's got one walk and 16 hits in 68 plate appearances. He's bad. But again, that's, you know, they don't, you don't bring in... That, well, that's the other thing to remember. You don't bring in your backup catcher to hit unless... You know, you unless that's you the are only going thing like you a, can do, yeah, yeah. Unless you're going like a Rob Barajas, right? Where it's like, okay, yeah. let's just have this the, the backup, the, the catcher be the guy that can hit, and that's all he's got. But I don't know. It's 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 a little silly. Um, I think that people are maybe uh, definitely shoveling dirt onto Russell Martin's grave uh, very prematurely. 
because uh, he's still very good, and uh, it would be nice, of course. Uh, oh, he's on the DL. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's gonna happen. But uh, what are you gonna do? He's in. He is. I would. I don't know if invaluable is the word I would use, but uh, they definitely don't make the playoffs the last two years with without making that big signing. Absolutely. And thank, I, thank I, goodness for it. I think invaluable might is not a stretch. I think he is so valuable. He's invaluable. What's up, fam? You know, buying tickets to sports and concerts, it can be complicated, but there is a better and simpler way to buy, and a better way to buy that gets you the best deal possible. It is the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get your tickets to live events. I have it on my phone. It just takes a couple of taps. You can browse through concerts. You can browse through sporting events. And it helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed, and there's nothing like seeing your favorite team or your favorite musician. You know, the Blue Jays, they're back in it. I think we were talking about this on this very podcast uh, about how the Jays, despite languishing all season and and making us feel like the season is over, they have a legitimate chance. It's a time to want to go down to the Rogers Center, and SeatGeek is an incredible way to get yourself tickets there. And best of all, Birds All Day listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BIRDS today. That is BIRDS for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Uh, so we in the la- in this little last block, you and I sort of teased it. We mentioned uh, Mike Olman got DFA'd mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, and we also mentioned uh, lottery tickets uh, related to those two. JP Howell was uh, DFA'd by the Blue Jays yesterday. Mm-hmm. He had pitched, I believe, three times in August, and then not before that since June. He was hurt much of the year, uh, and when he pitched, he was really bad, and now he's gone. Yeah, about a real bad bout of left arm shittiness for Howell. There it was uh, tough to watch him struggle through it. Well, he was bad. He was really bad for the Jays. Never a big velocity guy, but it seemed like velocity was down, and he just got hit to shit. He got the shit hit out of him, and now he's gone, and it's too bad. Again, you have... But, I mean, how? what kind of hopes do you have tied up in J.P. Howell when you sign him in the offseason? Yeah. I mean, not, this is, this, you hope it's it a one-year, $3 yeah. million dollar contract. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's a lottery ticket. So, if, if I'm... You have to be realistic and say... You look at Howell, you look at Joe Smith. Essentially, one pays the other. Yep. Right, the surplus value that J- that Joe Smith generates kind of writes off the 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 loss of the whatever you paid Howell in the roster spot that you gave him for sixteen games. Sucks, but what are you gonna do? He sure does. Oh yeah, it sucks too. Yeah, but no, you're you're <laughs> absolutely right. And and like Smith is just such a huge win getting uh, uh you know getting actual perhaps prospects back in that deal when uh, sending him to Cleveland where, you know, who knows what they're going to turn out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, he was great for them. They could fucking use him if they really are pretending that they're going to be, oh, no, they're not pretending they're in it. They're in, they're in this race. They're in this race to the bottom for this, this stupid <laughs> second wild card. They're full on in it. Um, yeah, they could use him. The bullpens looked a little shaky at times uh, of late, perhaps, uh, Less so as their as their run has sort of started here with Josh Donaldson heating up, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, that that is what that is what those contracts those signings are. It drives me nuts when people, uh, you know, roll their eyes about the dumpster diving and the and oh, just you know, paying a little bit of money for a guy who's probably going to be bad because yeah, the Smith is the is the lottery ticket that hits. I mean, Jays haven't hit a lot of backup catcher lottery tickets lately, but. Uh, same idea, I think, is, is what you're saying, right? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have some lottery tickets around the fringes of the roster, 
Uh, you mm -hmm. just hope you can best hit on them. Considering the one playing first base is like hit the Powerball <laughs> across seven different states, yeah. uh, we shouldn't really be like lamenting too many too many of them that don't go that way. Uh, on, on an unrelated note, uh, Brett Cecil currently is going through the worst season of his career. Yeah, uh, got um, a lot of got a lot of money there that way last winter though, so good for him on that. Good for him. Mm -hmm. um, he had a couple good months, and now he has. Since not had a couple of good months, he was really good in June, and then here in uh, in July and August, he has been uh, Brett Cecil. I'm speaking of has been poor. <laughs> it's almost like paying a lot for relievers uh, only makes sense when they're like the best relievers in all of the sport. There's like a handful of guys that yeah okay this makes sense, and then. There's Brett Cecil's, who are a, a tier below that, who've been very good, but maybe you don't see it at the time. Maybe you think you're making a good gamble. I, I, I think a lot of people thought that that was uh, a, an interesting, a curious contract that the Cardinals signed him to. But, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm glad the Jays didn't, that's for sure. It's... I... Look at the contract. He got four years and $30 million. And two years before, Andrew Miller got four years and $36 million. And Andrew Miller was a little bit... Andrew Miller was a little bit younger. But also, like, insanely, insanely better. Mm -hmm. So, such that that contract now looks like, you know, one of the the better contracts in all of baseball in a lot of ways. Because he is such an incredible weapon. But again... Well, that's, why they, uh, that's why the Yankees got the prospect hall that they did from Cleveland when he leave because that contract is so good yeah exactly so it's 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 tough because you look at Brett Cecil Brett Cecil had a great has had a great career and he will hopefully continue to have a great career in St. Louis but he earned that money with his production but the prospect of giving him that money is a little scary was a little scary and now the Cardinals are maybe uh, not better off for it uh, meanwhile JP the Jays are no worse off for the J.P. Howell experiment, lottery ticket not working out. It would have been nice to have, uh, a, you know, a, a, a serviceable, another serviceable left-handed arm back there. But the Blue Jays have moved on to bigger and better things. You know why? Because, baby, I'm amazed. Woo. The Tim Mays got the call. <laughs> and he's up. And there's all a lot of hype puns. around here. All the puns. It's a little bit of hype, yeah. I mean, I mean, as much. I mean, as not hype. This is there could be hype for. I mean, these are from among people who actually pay attention to the minor leagues, which I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't even really fucking count myself at this stage. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he seems like a real hard thrower. Comes back, you know, just a power lefty who might be real useful out of the bullpen. Uh, who's going to be cheap and optionable if he sucks? And uh, those are kind of valuable guys. Those are guys you want. You want your system to be producing guys who. If they're not going to be able to start or do anything else, be exactly what this is. Like, to be be a Danny Barnes, be a, uh, you know, if John Stilson ever gets there, or you know, some of these guys, uh, Ryan Tapera, and, and guys coming up and being cheap and optionable and good and just letting Gibby grind them to dust before they ever hit that big payday. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, well, the game sure does that. The game absolutely does that. And, it, it, it's sad in a way that so much of the kind of sabermetric thinking and a lot of the advancements in the game basically comes purely at the expense of the players and their future earnings. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what wins about replacement does. It's like, no, you're not going to get, no one's going to get money anymore. We're going to pay everyone nothing. We're going to just have cheap young kids all over the place and then just blow our brains out and give one guy a $200 million contract to keep everybody happy. Um, but, uh, and then, yeah, grinding relievers' bones to dust or sh- putting them on a <laughs> shuttle back and forth to AAA for three years and then making and then making a decision or DFAing them or whatever it might be. But, um, but Tim Mazur, yeah, I mean, this is a, a guy who has shows the value of being left-handed and a hard thrower. Um, because, if, again, if you just go by the numbers, they're not overwhelming, really, at any stage. No. Other than when he was, like, a very old guy in high, in high A... But uh, he throws hard and he's big and maybe he figures some things out. Starts throwing strikes. Stops walking the ballpark and when he gets into the bigger leagues or into the, the better leagues, maybe better umps and better facilities and maybe he's something. It's this is the perfect time to give him a shot and it, see what he's got. It very much is, yeah. Because if you're going to grind him to death, don't waste those bullets in Buffalo. God help you. <laughs> not not if uh, not on these kinds of guys. Yeah, that's for sure. Poor Buffalo. I mean, just in general, but. Uh, but, you know, the the Bisons are just getting a bit of the runaround. I hope the Jays do right by them and keep that relationship healthy. Uh, because, obviously, you know, the Jays and, and Syracuse did, did not end well, and the team ended in mm-hmm. uh, ended up in Las Vegas for the, all those years. Uh, not ideal. Uh, I'm not suggesting that the, there's anything but a wonderful, healthy relationship between the two sides, but, it, it, you know. The Bidens have gotten the short end of the stick a bit this year, as as a Triple A team does, I think. But it's not been a, a good year uh, in the Queen City, from what I understand. You say that Are they as good? though they aren't about to get an injection of <laughs> of wit and mirth in the form of Brett Anderson. That's true. Blue Jays signed a minor league deal with left-handed throwing Brett Anderson uh, last week, this week, Monday, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey. What do you want to do about that? He's a guy who's been hurt a lot. Um, rather A rather star-crossed career. He's, he has made all of 133 starts, and he was drafted in 2006. So that's... Uh, that's not a lot, know, that's yeah. A, that's not a lot. He's never made more than... He made one year. Uh, not uh, 2015, he made 30 starts for the Dodgers, and he was fine. You know, 180 innings. Pitch to an ERA under under four, three sixty nine. Um. Okay. Oh, sorry. He had another good year. Good enough. With the A's. With the A's back point? in the yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, but he still only made nineteen starts that year. So I think his reputation sort of outpaces his production. But um, if he is a guy that the Jays call on to make a spot start, or if he's a guy that the Jays, uh, you know, use to solidify Buffalo's rotation so they don't, excuse me, lose every day. Then good. Only a couple weeks left in that season, anyway. I guess. Uh, I wonder. Yeah, that's I, must, true. I must say, I it, it, like the. It's not like they they it were it's all that different than last week, like late last week. You know, the Jays have won what uh, three or four, <laughs> and the teams ahead of them just keep looking shittier. Uh, and that three and a half games back or whatever it is still <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, feels feels better than four and a half with all those teams. Uh, it almost feels like the we- like maybe the wheels were in motion on the Anderson thing around the same time Estrada was being put on trade waivers, and maybe they were thinking, uh, you know, if we end up dealing Marco, uh, Biagini goes uh, goes into the Jays' rotation, and then 
you need somebody to fill in at Buffalo. That's and it was like a backfill move that they've they've continued mm. on through. I, I I I'm just speculating, but the timing is interesting. I don't know how serious, obviously, uh, they really were about dealing Estrada. Uh, it was it was maybe curious. I know uh, there's at least one person on the internet who was wants really to make sure that they didn't do something stupid by not trying to get Estrada through waivers you know right at the start of august which he probably wouldn't have been claimed because he was pitching poorly uh mm-hmm. and one and, and is is concerned that the jays did a very dumb thing by waiting and then having a, a possible trade blocked which you know you can't see me making the wank off motion about that but uh but yeah I, I don't know that that's maybe a thing and the estrada waiver thing was a thing but it sounds like uh he's gonna stay and the yankees uh, were it seems the team that uh, claimed him to block a move elsewhere, uh, and now Houston says they're not going to get a get a starter. Maybe that was something that that had been considered. They obviously mm-hmm. they obviously knew the Astros system uh, well enough to trade uh, Liriano there. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know. I'm just I'm just spitballing all this stuff here. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, Brad Anderson, what a what a mirthful character. He uh, he does tweet. <laughs> he does. Oh, how they tweet. Um, uh, he left the Dodgers, which is like the were had the wokest pitching staff in baseball. Yes, that's true. Guys, Brett Anderson and a bunch of guys named Brandon just cracking wise and mocking Nazis. Uh, it, it's heaven, really. Maybe Jay, the Jays can go get uh, Brandon McCarthy from the uh, Dodgers. They have so many pitchers; they don't even know what to do with them all. Um, and McCarthy is uh, always hurt all the time, uh, so why not? Uh, yeah, the Marco Estrada thing is interesting. It, it, again, it's it's hard to um, uh, assign much. Not assign meaning, but try to decide what are the uh, motivations of the of a team. Were the Yankees doing this to block him? Were the Yankees doing this to try to bolster their own rotation? Of course, with uh, Tanak just went on the DL, I believe. So you know they need a starter just as much as anybody else. But uh, again, that's that such is the nature of these August um, revocable waivers maneuvers. Where there's so many moving parts and so many things happen kind of under the surface and never really bubble up because there probably is nothing really to them. But uh, but that was the the news came out that the Yankees had claimed Estrada, but he still remains a Toronto Blue Jay and uh, probably will for uh, some time to come. Uh, well, at least depending on how long you define that, uh, he, they're going to have a, an Estrada-sized hole in the rotation next year. So I, I can certainly see why they would... Uh, look to him again. Uh, speaking of, as you were earlier, the, the most beautiful baseball outcome you want to see, which is the Angels uh, uh, triumphing over the Dodgers despite having mm-hmm. a garbage record and sneaking into the playoffs. Mine is... And being are, a demonstrably worse team. <laughs> by, by every single measure. Uh, yeah. Aside from not having uh, having Mike Trout. Um, but, but what I would like to see is something that was uh, discussed on the Twitter machine uh, about the Yankees and the and, and the Estrada claim is that the Yankees they need a starter like you say uh, Aaron Judge turns out maybe uh, maybe a little bit uh, not uh, not as good as, as his first half made him look uh, not writing him off yet but uh, they're they're not in a great spot either uh, they could slide their way into uh, into the conversation with the Jays and the Jays are going to play the Yankees a bunch uh, it is not inconceivable that. On the last day of the season, Marco Estrada, who they who the Yankees claimed and then refused to trade for, uh, could end up pitching against them uh, with a real significant uh, <laughs> significance, you know, in terms of a playoff spot for one or both of those teams. Uh, so I think that would be kind of poetic. I would like to see that. 
the Yankees would have to stop pre-falling um, they would for look, that to happen. They would probably want to do that at some point, yeah. At least they're uh, extremely expensive, the most expensive reliever of all time, speaking of those guys to sign, uh, <laughs> yeah. is, a, is a dumpster fire that's right true. now. That's true. Enjoying that, uh, so that quite a lot. That's a shame. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, if we could um, uh, continue talking about the waiver wire, because if there's one thing people love, it's the you know nebulous nature of the August waiver wire. <laughs> yeah. But a rather prominent name went through the waivers, and that was Giancarlo Stanton. You know, which is to say, every player essentially in baseball goes through the waiver wire. Most of them are claimed or revoked or whatever. Uh, but Stanton got through. That's Giancarlo Stanton. He's extreme. He's extremely good, and he's in the middle of one of the hottest of all hot streaks. I believe he hit a home run in six consecutive games, maybe seven. Um, he has uh, set the Marlins franchise record for home runs in a season. He's well on his way to hitting fifty this year, um, uh, and he's very good and he's healthy and he's made some. Changes to his batting stance, which I think is the most interesting thing about sort of helping to cure his, you know, down and away slideritis, something that plagues every hitter, and he's not going to be immune to it. But by closing his stance off, it's um, it's really opened up the the world of possibilities to this enormous uh, tight end who plays the outfield and hits 500 foot bombs all the time. Uh, there is the small matter of uh, John Carlos Stanton's contract which is the largest in American sports, I believe, in that it's like $300 million over 13 years or something absurd like that. There's like 300 um, still owed. Yeah, yeah, 300 still owed. Like that. And so he's been getting paid. It was above that, yeah. Plus he has an opt-out in, I believe, two years mm-hmm. um, that could make him a free agent if anyone was to uh, go out of their way and try to acquire him with thinking that he would then anchor their club forever. Um, that said... The Blue Jays should go and acquire John Carlos Stanton if they can, because why the hell wouldn't you? It's kind of my thinking. Yeah, every, well, I everyone mean, should. Yeah, everyone yes. should. There's no reason not to. Uh, the money is scary, and if you think that he is very large and very broken down, uh, Scott Lewis uh, I, I, on the weekend, uh, Dustin Parks and Scott Lewis made a wager on John Carlos Stanton's career home run mark, and Scott Lewis took the under on a 500 career home run. Uh, 500 home run career for John Carlos Stanton. Scott Lewis does not believe that he will get it, and Parks how, believes that he will. How far is he at this point? He's uh, he just passed 250 um, last you know last week before he went and hit like five more. Yeah. So he's going to get to 500 before the end of next year. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no. Lewis is a, is a, is among those who feels like his body will break down because he has battled injuries his entire career. Some of them are freakish in nature. He got hit in the face with a pitch. It messed him up. But a lot of them are, you know, the bumps and hamstrings and knees and whatever else that happen to all players but, seem, but happen to, A, big players often, and, B, the, the greatest predictor of injuries is previous injuries. So there's, there's a case to make that he is injury-prone and maybe not the soundest of investments. <laughs> I don't know. Can you can you think of an example of a of a one of the best players in all of the sport who just keeps picking up little injuries and he's great and he's great and then suddenly completely falls off a fucking cliff? Nope. Nope. No, Can't. Not one. Cannot. Nope. Um. By the way, Bryce Harper and Troy Tulowitzki are all about uh, at this stage of their careers, almost uh, like eye to eye in uh, career games played. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tulo got that, he got called up at the end of 2007, which kind of gave him a bit of a, like a head start, but when Harper like started his career on opening day, but if you look about five years into their career, they're pretty much bang on for career games played, which is, which does not bode well. 
um, because Bryce Harper is an insane talent, and you hope that his career is doesn't fall victim to constant injuries. After his, he had that weird injury where he like stepped on like a Acme Bugs Bunny base base <laughs> where he went flying yeah. into the into the sky into the sky after he jammed his knee. It looks scary, but uh, but yeah, no, that, it, it is worrisome. It is worrisome when these soft tissue injuries just keep coming up and coming up and coming up and coming up. But At that said, that said, go get Giancarlo, right? I mean, you want to play on that turf every day? Yeah, a little bit. You want that giant, two hundred forty-five pound man crashing his injury-prone corpse into the uh, into the concrete day in and day out? Yeah. Yeah, Why I kind of do. I don't. It's not. Yeah. My, it's not my money. <laughs> like a, it's not my. Not going to say no. <laughs> uh, it would be really good. I mean, he's he's very good when he's healthy. Uh, uh, you know, you would think that people who've watched the last three years of Troy Tulowitzki's career would maybe uh, <laughs> would maybe be a little more cautious about a thing like that. But no, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, very cool. Yeah. Very cool with that. Absolutely, have no problem with uh, taking. Like making one enormous bet on one enormously um, pricey ball player, and yet um, obviously nobody claimed him if he got through waivers, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. The, because I assume they would have been afraid that the Marlins would have been like, "Sure, take that contract." This is the last year that his contract is uh, even remotely affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and so there's two things to think about. Um, he so as of next year, he goes up to twenty five million dollars a year. So then it's like 25, 26, 26, 29, 29, 32, 32, 32, 29, 25. So at least it kind of tapers off at the end. He has a $10 million buyout. He has a full no trade clause. And he has opt out after 2020. So there are lots of things working against him, working against that deal ever ever being uh, taken off the hands of the Marlins. Although there's a report today that John Heyman was saying that the Marlins sales, not that it's in trouble, but they still need money. So there's an increased chance that they may try to offload Stanton. So if you're the Jays and you say we'll just just take we'll take the whole contract and we'll run that risk, uh, and then you almost I don't know if you hope for him to opt out because if he opts out, it's because he's playing well and now you have to replace a very good player. But maybe that's a risk worth running when you're looking at that uh, endless string of thirty million dollar pay paychecks yet to come. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. But the no trade is scary. If you're the Blue Jays, yeah. Uh, well, and and the opt out is. I mean, obviously the opt out could help you by not tying you down to that contract, and you'd probably mm-hmm. just walk away at that point. But then if he, what if he gets fucking hurt or doesn't see that value in the market, and then you're a little bit fucked. So you know, it was like the you know Vernon Wells had a had an opt out. How did that work out? Uh, I, I you know mm-hmm. do the do the Jays have good enough bad contracts to move the other way? I mean, do they need the, bad contracts, I, or do I they just know. need to say we'll take the contract? This uh, it's a, it's an interesting question. I don't know. Uh, do, I mean, judging by the fact that nobody claimed him, I guess people mm-hmm. teams don't think, yeah, what the hell? We'll just take that contract. I mean, obviously that's an enormous decision and an ownership decision. I think you know when you're committing to three hundred million dollars, and maybe uh, mm-hmm. maybe a lot of teams wouldn't do that anyway, just because of you know that you don't really do that in a in a waiver claim. Uh, you know the Alex Rios thing, funny as it was, was sort of unusual, I think, and and, and Very went to went to uh, higher levels of those of those teams than the guys who are usually, I think, responsible for the 
you know, we'll, oh, we'll take a flyer on, on this waiver guy or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big business decision. But, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe it is just the contract. I don't know. I've had people, you know, for the mailbag, uh, uh, proposing deals to me, you know, like, oh, what if we give them Tulo to offset some money and then throw in extra prospects to make that better? And, you know, I don't... <laughs> I, I, it would be real simple if it was just a matter of taking the money. But then you also get to the point, you know, if you're a Jays fan, of thinking, well, if that is what it takes... Uh, well, you're not really the team that's going to do a thing like that, are you? I mean, there's there's Stanton's bat fits in anybody's lineup, and there are teams with more money and more committed ownership in terms of spending that money to to try to put the best team on the field. And uh, we said off air, I was like, yeah, it, it turns into the Prince Fielder situation where you're like that would really seem like it would work, even though it's a lot of money. And of course, it never fucking happens. That's just not. The way we do business around here, it seems, with these corporate owners that we have. That the the Prince Fielder thing is so funny when you think back on it, because you and I and others like us were, had ourselves convinced that the Jays were going to be able to blow them away with like a three year. That was that remember, <laughs> right. Was yeah, like, yeah. What if what if the Jays offer him three years and a hundred million dollars? Yeah, he'll definitely take that because this was so late in the season, and then he ended up getting ten years and two hundred million dollars. Yep. Which is crazy. I mean, it, it's funny to think about the idea of just continually like kicking using like horse trading with that. To do do with the Reyes contract what you did for the to get Tulo, then you take Tulo and you flip him around for another owner's contract. And then so then 3 years from now, it's like, okay, well, well maybe, you know, with that big deal that Nomar Mazara signed, maybe if we just say here take Stanton, then uh we'll they'll let us take the rest of that Nomar Mazara contract and then uh, they'll be good. And then, then to then for now, it's like, well, then if they, maybe if the Jays can just kick that Mazara contract, then the Jays can take Taz Dulowitzki back, and they'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just keep doing it. But, uh, I, I just keep doing it, and just keep, but keep sweetening the pot with well, with more and more prospects it, every single time. It does complicate things that Tulo, uh, by virtue of being traded, it was written into his contract that if he got traded, then he got a full no trade for the team that acquired him. So the Jays. I uh, would have to deal with Tulo's no trade contract uh, clause in order to uh, in order to move him if they wanted to do so. So you know, sadly, it's it's probably going to have to be a release at some point, which is. So are you trying to tell me that these things, contracts and player movement and trades, um, they're much more complex than I'm led to believe? I think sometimes they might be. Yeah. That there are there are elements at play that. Uh, the soft skills and the and the kind of people, the face of these things. It was not just as simple as just like flipping a switch. I I refuse to believe that. Well, to you me, don't, you don't just go to Walmart and grab a player off the shelf. Yeah. To me, that's preposterous. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. You know, I got we got everything on our list here. Jay should claim the only thing I we haven't mentioned is the Rays are the Rays are trash. Um, the Blue Jays and the Rays are about to about to lock horns in the old afternoon battle. Indeed, the four four o'clock midweek game. So it's it's the middle of the afternoon when you were, when you are not recording this, and usually so. Um, I don't know that they'll get to hear it in the afternoon, but uh, I would never try to put pressure on when and where these things should go up. Just saying. Oh yeah, um, I'm gonna just edit this after we're done. It'll be sweet. Up. It'll be up before five o'clock, probably. Uh, I, w- I was thinking about the the Jays' remaining schedule last night because I was you know thinking oh it might be fun to go and road trip 
um, somewhere, but I, there, I don't think there are any good road trips left. I think the schedule sucks for the rest of the way. It's all just like Boston, New York, Baltimore, Tampa Bay. I think and I believe they have one trip to Minnesota. Does that sound right? You're you're missing a pretty good one, I would say. Oh, the Cubes this weekend. <laughs> yeah, that one's not bad. I've hey, heard, that should I've, be fun. I, I've heard Chicago's hmm? all right. Chicago's a fun fun town. I've I mean, got some re- friends that are actually going to be in town uh, for that in Chicago for that. Um, I think they're doing a pitch talks thing out there as well in oh, Chicago. Nice. I think half of so. Jay's Twitter is going to be there. As they should. Paying a premium to sit. Well, that means, is that an afternoon game tomorrow? Bless up. If, it's, if the Jays are in, yeah, it has to be. Friday afternoons, always at Wrigley Field. Ooh, 2.20 in the afternoon. Hello. Oh, I just did that out loud. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, no, it is. It's just, it's, it's the Twins and and the Cubs and then all the rest of the usual suspects. Red Sox, Yankees, Red Sox, Orioles. Home to the Rays. Tigers. That's Rays, it. Nothing yeah. really. Well, but the other thing, I mean, the Twins, the Rays, the Yankees, these are all teams uh, between the, the Blue Jays and the and, and the Royals, and the, between the Jays and that fucking elusive second wild card spot. They, you know, schedule-wise, they, they can, if they play well in those series, can really do themselves a lot of favors uh, against those teams, and they don't have to, you know, then they have to hope for what? If you do well... You know, from here out against the Rays and the Yankees and the Orioles and the Twins and the Royals, who are all ahead of you because you're trash, uh, then you're hoping on what? The Angels keep it up? They're not going to fucking keep it up. The hell they won't. Don't you crush my <laughs> dreams, goddammit. I'm just saying, it's 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 not as crazy as it sounded even a couple... We've called them dead in the water for months on this fucking podcast. Now I'm like, I don't know, three and a half games... 40-odd games to go. I'm in. I'm trash, in. I buy it. Trash Against, ahead of them. That's, that's the advantage of having such a wide-open wildcard race is that, and all the teams you play against are all the teams you need to beat. So other than other than trying to avoid a beatdown at the hands of the Red Sox as often as you can, and which just means, like, I hope they don't face Chris Sale at any point for the rest of the year, um, off you go. Off you go. All right, let's do it. I'm excited. It's all happening here. Fucking A. Fucking A. All right. Uh, anything else? You got any parting shots? No, I've got anything no parting else to say? shots. No. Anything on your mind? Uh, no. no. I can. Uh, we could. I was going to talk about this off air. I am. I'm going to be in Toronto next uh, next Thursday. Oh, cool. When we record this, um, it's an afternoon game. Doing a thing at the Ossington. Maybe we should look into. Uh, it's a little short notice. It is, but if we put now it's on the record, now, now we now we record. are we more can... likely to be held to it. Yeah, well, but held to it at what point? I mean, if people come at us and say on Facebook at facebook.com/slash birds all day or on Twitter at Andrew Stoughton and at Drew Groff, if they say, hey, 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 let's do a live podcast on Thursday, then we'll have to do it. Yeah, and if they don't, that seems reasonable. Then we're off scot free. And even if even if they do and we don't do it, I mean, what's what's the harm? But I don't know, well, there's plenty of harm. We could potentially hook that up. That could be that could be a thing that might happen. That we All could right. Discuss. Well, let's uh, we'll float it out there. A little trial balloon. See That's if the... uh, if any of the good folks, any of the good listeners, any of the good birds all day people, uh, pick it up and are into it. Yeah, the Jays are um, at, the Jays are at one p.m. against the Rays that day, so you can get drunk then, watch a podcast being recorded later on, scream at us in good. drunken profanities if we if we do it. I'm into that. I'm all the way into that. Um, the other thing I was going to say, my, my parting shot is like all those fizzy water. That's like the big thing right now. 
you know, like these flavored watery things. People like those, sure. People like those. You know why? Because they're awesome. And I've become one of them. Who I would be drinking like 10 cans a day if I had my way. I'd have to stop myself. I I do a little I'm, a little Red Bull, uh, Palm Bay, and Grapefruit Perrier. I do recall that that was a delicious breakfast drink I, I had for a while there. <laughs> I've heard that Perrier and Patron is quite the thing. Really? I can yeah, see if that. You are like, yeah, if you are among the uh, the moneyed set. Um, uh, but the Grapefruit Pomplemousse uh, Perrier is quite nice. They have, uh, you could buy that LaCroix or LaCroix here in Canada now, which is a delightful uh, beverage as well. Huh. Um, but you can only get it at Whole Foods because uh, that's the way branding works. Um, yeah, this, but, this all uh, feels like li- some Liberty Village shit. Yeah, that stuff is good, though. Yeah. You, you, I've, I've learned that, um, that it is the drink, those things are the drink of choice for recovering alcoholics. Huh. Because it's like fizzy and they get the can and it's got the same kind of like tactile feedback and people just kind of chug them down and stands in for whatever ordinarily ordinary can of bubbly drink they would be uh reaching for so good that's a good that's a nice yeah. side benefit to uh, these things that that uh, keep me quenched i guess from time to time but uh but yeah fizzy pop things but they're not really pop there's no sugar so uh they get they get my seal of approval for the week which is let me tell you illustrious if you can get uh, a shout out on birds all day, you're doing something right. So yeah. way to go, the Perrier. God only knows where you steal that water from. <laughs> Depressing. All right, that's it. That is it. Uh, enjoy the game this afternoon, Stoughton, and everyone else listening, and uh, who, who are and enjoy Wrigley. If you're going, if you're going, I uh, my friend Scott. Congratulations to Scott and his uh, lovely uh, wife to be. He's having his bachelor party in Chicago this weekend. Um, so go and have fun, and all of my friends that are going to uh, to Wrigley, I hope they enjoy themselves and get uh, silly on old style and make fools of themselves and end up in jail. And, That's get, what I and, hope for. and get the fuck out of that fucking breathing toilet that is a neighborhood, and go 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 literally elsewhere for your drinks. Just stay out of Wrigleyville. It's trash. Well, there you have it. You know what though? Stay it. It, mm. it will take have if you've not been, it'll take you about five minutes to figure that out. It's like. It's like people puking at 7 in the afternoon, which is also not the afternoon, but for me it is. It's 7, uh, in, the after- seven in the evening? People yeah. are puking? They just get all... I, oh, okay, well. I mean, I'm, ju- I'm, I'm judging an entire neighborhood based on, like, one one night there that I went. But it was a... Uh, it, fuck it. Get, get out of there. There are lots of cool places to hang out in Chicago. There are. I don't think there's any doubt. Look up your boy Torque Penderloin. He'll tell you where to go. All right. That's it for this edition of birds all day. Uh, for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Ruth Fair Service. We'll talk to you next time. See you later.